Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, everybody. It's time for the Frittle Show, as our friend John Grant just did the intro there for you. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. We're going to go through some news today. We're going to talk about one of my, I wouldn't call it a pet peeve, but just something that irks me when people say that what's happening in our news and our culture and politics, it doesn't matter, or that, you know, as Christians, we don't have to worry about what's happening politically. We, sh- we don't need to be politically involved. We just need to focus on telling people about Jesus. And I, I you know, obviously, as an evangelical, as a Baptist, I believe in telling people about Jesus. I believe that God should be our first priority. I believe that with all my heart. But to say that we do not need to be concerned with what is happening in politics, we do not need to have an opinion, and even that we need to have a, a, a woke opinion. Uh, you, you, we're going to build up to it, but at the end of the podcast, we're gonna, I'm going to share uh, a really sad example of why it, it matters. Everything that happens in our culture, everything that happens in our world matters. And God, don't, don't get me wrong, God is in control, God knows what's going on, and ultimately nothing is going to happen that he does not allow to happen. But that doesn't mean that we get a free pass to just sit on the sideline and say, oh yeah, yep, looks like things are sadly unfortunate out there. Oh, don't agree with that. Oh, well, the country's just falling apart. Oh, it's all right, though. No worries. We're all going to be raptured. Everything's going to be fine. Let them do what they will. <laughs> no, 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 guys. That's not the answer. So let's let's just run through some news here for a minute, or two, or five, or ten, and then we'll, we'll circle back to this. So I hope you all enjoyed your 4th of July cookouts, where you saved 16 cents over last year's 4th of July cookout due to our booming economy. <laughs> Um, Target is closing all six San Francisco stores early because of crime, specifically the crimes of theft and shoplifting. Now, just, you know, cause and effect. Let's think this through for a second. Perhaps when you defund, you know, police, if you defund law enforcement, then maybe you defund communities, which then will result in, uh, in cutbacks for employees, which would be less money for those employees because their stores are closing early because... They're having to deal with theft and shoplifting. And, uh, you know. Then those employees have less money in their pockets to pay for the fuel, which now costs them significantly more than it did previously. Which, and by the way, I... mm, No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. not going to go there, but isn't it great that we don't have any mean tweets anymore? (coughs) 
Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the president ran on and won the most votes of any candidate in history on a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the cops program. Well, that's just blatantly false. But it is related to what's happening in San Francisco with the, with the target. And what she is referring to is the fact that Republicans did not support... Uh, Republicans did not support a recent bill from Republicans. What was this? this is the American Rescue Plan. Uh, uh, no, no, no. It was the, when Democrats uh, proposed $350 billion in emergency funds for state and local governments. Republicans voted against those extra funds. That's not a reduction, nor does it have anything to do with the fact that then Washington, D.C. Republicans would be the ones calling for the defunding of police. No, if these emergency funds are needed to refund the police, not refund, uh, to fund again, <laughs> uh, that would not be something that was caused by Republicans in Washington, D.C. No, that would be something that would have been done on a local level. And if local governments have redirected those funds elsewhere and now are saying, oh, we made a mistake, that would not be uh, Republicans, though that is how it is now being phrased, f framed by Democrats. Democrats are now saying that Republicans were effectively trying to defund the police by withholding their support for the coronavirus relief package. Another one that's been floating around is that Republicans can never say that they are the party of of supporting the police because of what happened on January 6th. It's very interesting as well. And I did a whole podcast that went into the whole January 6th thing. I'm not going to rehash that. Go listen to that and you'll understand what I'm thinking there. But... For Republicans, voting against a one-time infusion of cash to cities is not the same as voting to cut funding. So to say that Republicans are trying to defund the police because of that measure is simply outrageous. I mean, there's not even a line item in there that would indicate that Republicans are trying to defund uh, the police. And the Washington Post gave Pisaki three Pinocchios in their fact check. But you can watch Democrat after Democrat after Democrat calling to defund police. And we can see cities that have actually defunded police that are now trying to rebuild their police force because of things like what are happening in San Francisco. Senator Cruz tweeted earlier this week, he said, Democrats trying to claim that they never supported radical policies to defund the police is like Democrats saying they are the ones that want to build the wall. I mean, that's... That's pretty much... That's... That about sums it up. So we're just going to move on uh, from that one. Forget inflation. According to Fox Business, deflation could rear its ugly head soon. And sometimes positive, it could also be a negative sign for our economy. Fox Business said the record price gains across large swaths of the economy have left many investors bracing for a period of sustained inflation, causing them to overlook the growing threat of deflation, according to some economists. Deflation in which prices retreat is viewed as a negative sign for the U.S. economy. Now, when I read this article earlier, I was like, okay, but isn't deflation... 
a good thing. Isn't it good that lumber prices have dropped 50%? David Rosenberg, chief economist, chief economist, chief economist and strategist at Toronto-based Rosenberg Research said, this is the bond market's way of foreshadowing a weakening ahead in the pace of real economic activity. So why is, de is deflation potentially a bad thing? Generally, it's a good thing. But, you know, it's, it's, the saying goes that inflation is too much money chasing not enough goods in our economy. So if you, essentially, deflation would be the opposite of that. So we have a, a growing supply of goods and services that we now have a, a, a less consistent or slower growing economic or, or money supply in people's pockets to go and buy those goods. So deflation essentially could be brought about either by an increase in the supply of goods and services, so we have more lumber, or by a lack of increase or a decrease in the money in people's pockets or the credit available to them. So people are no longer able to go and purchase those things at the rate they were able to previously because of the lack of money that they have available to them, and so the prices begin to come down because of the law of supply and demand. So, uh, yes, deflation can be a very good thing. Or it can be an indicator of something very dangerous and an impending uh, financial collapse. And, and debt deflation is a whole nother thing. If you want to, you can, I'm, I'm not going to spend more time on this because I, I want to just plow through some of this news. I can circle back to what we started the program with today, but I'm, I'm, I'm building towards something here, okay? Um, but you can go research debt deflation and research deflation. Generally, it's a good thing unless the deflation is resulting because people have less money in their pockets, unless we had stimulated the economy to a false level, unless, say, maybe we had pumped money into people's pockets, which drove up pricing, and now as that money falls, we see a, 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 a parallel fall in pricing to where people are no longer able to buy the things that they would have purchased previously. And if it was just a, a propped up, falsely generated economic bubble, essentially, then that bubble will burst. So you can go and do your, do your research on that. Uh, the Biden administration is relocating $860 million in funds meant for COVID-19 relief programs to the Health and Human Services Department in order to cover the cost of housing the thousands of child migrants who remain in custody in our, along our southern border. According to a report in the New York Post, the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, uh, said that his department needed the funds to ensure the safety of unaccompanied migrant children excuse me, arriving at the border. We also need to cover costs associated with staffing and shelters for these children. Now, remember when, when Donald Trump had children in cages at the border? We have more children in cages now. But we do not have photos of AOC not at the border uh, crying and posting it on social media. 
our our vice president, who is supposedly in charge of this crisis, has also still not gone to see what's happening there. Yes, she went to the border, but she didn't actually go to the border. We have approximately 14,000 migrant children right now in, uh, uh, um, in these facilities, including in a tent city in Texas. And according to them, in their own words, they're struggling with isolation and despair. If we had news reports that children, unaccompanied minors at the border, were struggling with isolation and despair, if we had a tent city in Texas for these kids, if, if there were photos of the detention centers that we have seen under President Biden, under President Trump, I'm telling you, the world would have gone crazy. And I believe, rightfully so. But now, apparently, we don't need to talk about these things. Instead, the things we need to talk about is how the founding of our country, this, this has come to the forefront again with the 4th of July and American flags, the founding of our country was racist and sexist, and it's dangerous to fail to teach our children the truth. You know, we went months of, oh, but critical race theory isn't being taught in our schools. Critical race theory isn't being taught in our schools. Until now, we have the largest teachers union in the country approving to teach critical race theory in our public schools. See, the difference, Dan Crenshaw said it really well. He said, uh, there's a fundamental difference between the political left and right. We believe our founding principles are perfect, albeit not implemented perfectly. The left believes our foundation is flawed and should be torn down. Pure nihilistic revolution. And he's not wrong. In fact, he's exactly, that is so well said. The, the right, generally speaking, believes that our founding principles were correct, though not implemented perfectly. The left believes our foundation is inherently flawed and should be eliminated, removed, erased. That critical race theory needs to be pushed in schools. And if you didn't see it, there was a, a, a father uh, who, gave, uh, who testified at, uh, at a school uh, meeting. Let me see if I can get his name for you. You can go look up the video of this guy talking uh, at his school. Ian Rice. He said, life issues are being taught in school that should be left to parents in the home. Our kids need to be taught mathematics, English, reading, writing, those things. And those things are what they are supposed to be teaching. Our kids' life issues are our jobs as parents. The critical race theory that's being out there, it's supposed to stay in the collegiate atmosphere, not in the grade school or high school level. The teachers are not equipped. Uh, he said... Uh, he he uh, he spoke out against critical race theory before the school board. He said it was being it is being used to teach kids to hate each other. And quote, critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter. He is black, by the way. He said that would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. This school board and this school district is failing. If you haven't seen his his speech yet. You should go and watch it. His name is Ian Rice. Just Google it. It'll come up. Meanwhile, the American flag is, is becoming a political symbol, apparently. The New York Times said that the, has a piece over the weekend that said that old glory has become a symbol of divisiveness. 
The Times said, Today, flying the American flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's political affiliation in a deeply divided nation. Their, their, their article is titled, A Fourth of July Symbol of Unity That May No Longer Unite. I think it's very sad that as a nation we've reached a point where if you see someone flying an American flag, you assume you don't agree with their politics. I mean, that's crazy. It's not politics, it's not a political party that our soldiers run into battle with it plastered on their arm. It's not a political party that our astronauts landed on the moon and planted there. Right? It's not a political party that school children pledge allegiance to in in our in in in, the, in school every morning. No, it's it's our nation. It's our country. We're not pledging allegiance or saying that everything our country has ever done is perfect or correct. That's not, that's not it at all. We're saying that this is my country. That I'll fight for her. That I'll work to correct the things that are wrong. And arguably, our country has done that. Our country is young. Our country is basically in its in its adolescent years. And yes, our country has made some stupid mistakes. But by and large, we have admitted and worked to, to correct those mistakes. And if you look at historically speaking, we've done so in a way that many other nations took thousands of years to accomplish, we accomplished in less than hundreds. The flag is about our, our nation. Not a perfect country. But it's about the fact that we as Americans, will we choose to see people based on the content of their character? Will we choose to, to be united around the things that matter? Or will we allow things that are petty and trivial to divide us? Will we push things like critical race theory? And I think we need to differentiate between teaching our history and teaching critical race theory. Another thing that was going around was, was Frederick Douglass's speech, uh, the one where he talks about how uh, this, the celebration of the 4th of July was not the same uh, for him and for African American, the African American experience at that point in history as it was uh, or, or, or for the, the, the white members of Congress that he was addressing. Well, the problem is they, the, the people that are pushing were pushing that speech, it's like they cut out the entire beginning of his speech. I say read that speech. It's an excellent speech. But you have to take it in its entirety. Because Douglas acknowledges in the beginning that what our founders accomplished was an incredible thing. And that we have an amazing country. And then, he said, and by the way, we have these problems and they need to be addressed. So yeah, read the, read the speech. Everybody should read it. Black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Read Douglas's speech, excellent. But read the whole thing. Not just the part that, that you like better. Now, I'm going to this plane. Why does it matter? 
Why does it matter what's happening politically? Why does it matter uh, what's happening with our economy or what you know political policies are set in place that might put gas prices up a little bit? So you've got to spend an extra 15 bucks for, for gas this week. It's not going to bankrupt anybody. I mean, come on. So so the price of milk is up. So price uh, so lumber's up. So don't build something right now. So just wait for it to come down. So so we have uh, so Biden has kids in cages along the border. Trump did it worse. Actually, he didn't. But you know whatever. So we have you know we have critical race theory being taught in our schools. Just remove the kids from schools, and you don't have to worry about it. Or you're overreacting. It's not like that. Or oh, America is a terrible country. Or our, our flag is a rep is a symbol of hate. Why does it all? matter does it matter does it matter what happens politically to you as a christian and to your family does it matter what happens in this country politically and culturally it does it does because our country though it has experienced growing pains though it has experienced uh, flaws though it has not been perfect our country has stood as a beacon of hope for religious freedom since its foundation. Our country has stood as a beacon of freedom of the press since its foundation. The things that our media is able to say or to lie about, and it really doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. You either think that Fox News only tells lies or you think that CNN only tells lies. Well, both of these things cannot be true uh, all the time at the same time. So, why is that allowed to happen? Well, because we have freedom of the press. Freedom of the press means that those who report uh, news or give their opinions as news are able to say what they think and what they believe. In other countries, that does not happen. In other countries, your favorite Facebook poster or commentator or YouTube star who can say whatever they want and by the way, you're the, they're the only person that you, get <laughs> that you get your news from, which, by the way, is very dangerous. Please spread out where you get your news from. Please get it from both sides. I guarantee you you'll see a better, more accurate picture of what's happening in our country than if you only get your news from, from one source. But, it, and it seems very sad to me that that seems to be the direction that our country is going in on both sides. People have, like, one source from which they get their news, and that's all they ever do. And so they only ever get one perspective. But we don't, you don't see that around the world. You don't see that throughout history. There is not a freedom of the press. There is not a right to assembly. Now, whether that assembly is, 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 is the March for Life in Washington, D.C., or is BLM in any city across America, we have a right to assemble. Look throughout history, you don't see that. The freedoms that we have as Americans, that we have grown up with, that we take for granted every single day, are what make this nation unique and special. And those freedoms are based upon the biblical principles that our founders wrote into the Constitution. Again, they weren't perfect men. They didn't create a perfect country, but the foundation upon which they built our country was a correct one. Now, it hasn't always been applied correctly. 
But the principles, the biblical principles of freedom, of justice for all, granted, again, wasn't perfect from the beginning, but they laid the foundation so that it could be. So that we could live in a place where freedom reigned and where everyone, man, woman, and child, regardless of background, uh, would have the opportunity to pursue happiness. doesn't mean that our happiness is guaranteed, but it means that we have the opportunity to pursue it. You may have seen what's been happening in Haiti. Their president was assassinated by commandos. The country has gone into a state of complete uh, upheaval. There have been uh, gunfights. There have been just obviously distress in that nation. The president of Haiti was 48 years old. He became president in 2017. When he became president, they had gone a year without an elected official or elected uh, president in place. Their nation was in political turmoil. And he is again, as he, as he, he has been murdered, Haiti has plunged again into chaos. And the political chaos carries over into cultural and daily life chaos. Part of that chaos has affected two families very personally. Trent and Erica and their family are missionaries to Haiti. They had been in the United States on a several, for several weeks on a furlough. Their friend, John Miller, had gone back with them to Haiti earlier this week. And um, he was going as an evangelist for a cl- to, to serve at a clinic in the area for a short-term trip. With all of the ar- unrest in Port-au-Prince leading up to the president's uh, assassination, the, uh, the missionaries decided to get on a plane from Port-au-Prince to Jack Mill. Because of all the chaos that's happening in Haiti, there wasn't room for everyone on the first flight. So Erica, the mom, took her and Trent's three children, along with some other friends that were in Haiti visiting them. They got on a flight, and they flew to this other city. The father, Trent, and friend John, who had gone as a uh, short-term evangelist, they were supposed to arrive on a second flight shortly after the first flight landed because there wasn't room on the first flight. The second plane never showed up. Six people who were on board, including the two missionaries, both of whom are fathers, were all, were all killed in that plane crash. And 
first off, I'd ask you to pray for their families. They're with an organization called Gospel to Haiti. Pray for the Hostetlers and the Millers, their wives, the children, those families who've lost their fathers this week. And I'm, I'm, uh, I think there is something that we as Americans and as Christians should learn here. We need to we need to pray for these families, right? The Millers had seven children. Um, I believe the Hostelers had three young children. Missionaries going to reach a land and a people that is is in a state of of unrest, and they knew that going back there, and they went back anyway. And we need to not shy away from where there is political instability. We don't run away from a place. Because politically, it is imperfect. No, we're, we're meant to be a light, no matter where God places us. And these families, they were doing that. And, the, and the, the, the other thing I think we need to recognize is that what's happening culturally and politically, it will affect you if it hasn't already. Heavily armed gangs control the mainland route from Port-au-Prince to the southern half of Haiti, which is why these charter flights to this other city they went to, Jack Mel, are increasingly popular. The, the Trent, the one of the men who was killed, his cousin, who's also involved in the mission, told the Miami Herald, he said, because of the political unrest, the gang violence, and so on in Haiti, they were taking the small plane down to Jack Mel, where they would meet up with the rest of their family. I'm telling you guys, what is happening politically and culturally affects you. Now, it doesn't affect us, obviously, in the same way it affects these families. Cultural and political events have changed the lives of these families, of these children, of these wives, for, for forever. It matters. What's happening in your nation matters. You need to care. You need to be aware. You need to not run from the fight. You need to not sit on the sidelines and say, oh, it's all right, it's fine, Jesus is coming back. I'm not going to be here, not my problem. It's all good. I'm going to fly my American flag, or I'm not going to fly my American flag. I'm going to celebrate the 4th of July, or I am not going to celebrate the 4th of July. Yeah, it matters. What you do matters. What happens in our country, in our nation, in our culture, and in our politics, it matters. And if it doesn't affect you now, it will affect you someday or your children. And it may not be to this level. Haiti has seen years of unrest, and this family going to minister there that had been ministering there, they are heroes of the faith. And we may not reach that point anytime soon in our country. For us, it may simply be being neighborly, even though our neighbor flies an American flag, or even though they don't. For us, it may simply be standing up and representing Christ in a world where it's no longer popular to say that the Bible is true or that the Bible is accurate. See, for us, it, it may look differently, 
to take a stand in our culture. It may look differently to quote-unquote sacrifice in our culture because comparatively to most of the world and to many Christians, especially those living in the 1040 window, we're, we're not suffering any sort of persecution whatsoever if you look at what's happening in the rest of the world. And really, we have no excuse not to fight for a place where we have freedom that is still, to this day, unparalleled the world over. And yes, we have made mistakes. We will continue to make mistakes because we are a nation that is full of people, and people make mistakes. People mess up. People do the wrong things. But we have a foundation built on biblical principles. Principles that were laid in place by the creator, not only of us, but of our entire world. He knows how things work best. And ultimately, God is in control. And we are here to represent him on this earth, in this country, in our state, in our cities, our towns, our neighborhoods. So, don't back away. Don't be scared of what's happening in our culture. Speak truth in love. Represent Christ well. And fight for the biblical principles upon which our nation was founded. Because what happens culturally, what happens politically, it does matter to you as an American Christian, and it will affect you and your family. Okay. That is all the time I have left for today. Thanks so much for being with us. You can catch this, uh, well, you, you might already be catching this, or other previous episodes of the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Twitter. Be sure to hit the like or the subscribe button so you never miss a single episode. We'll be back next week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And if you're here in Las Vegas, join us for church Sunday morning at Liberty Baptist. Our address is 6501 West Lake Me Boulevard. You can find out more about our ministry by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com.